Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. One more Dominion Sonship Live coming to you. And uh, we're stirred up. As always, we're stirred up because we have a message that the Lord woke me out throughout the night a couple of times, but really early in the morning this morning, it shaped up again. And uh, I'm always astounded at the preciseness of the Holy Spirit. I'm always astounded at, at the purpose that he has in his utterance, that it's never haphazard and never without a point and never without an instruction and never without a forward momentum. And so the title is, 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 is very common to our hearing, but it's really the reality of our Christian walk. And it is the fight of faith, the fight of faith. I actually went uh, down uh, through my messages over the last little while to see if I had another message called, called, titled like a main dominion message on a Sunday morning, the fight of faith. And I was surprised that I, I, as far as I could see at that particular moment that I hadn't titled, the Lord had given me a title of the fight of faith until this one. I have the life of faith. I have uh, the press of faith and the rest of faith, I, I saw one, the repose of faith and, uh, and, and, and the fight of faith is really all of that. The fight of faith is really the life of faith. The fight of faith is really the rest of faith because we, that's, we, we, we come into this intensity of resisting all lower thought and resisting a fleshy nature to be able to attain into this rest of faith that really the fight of faith places us in. And then uh, there is really no expression of the life of God in us without the fight of faith. And, and so I'll go through some verses to get a better understanding the power of this fight of faith. And, and as the title came to me this morning that I was to title this segment of communication, the fight of faith, the Lord, the Lord uh, gave me two phrases that went with it, that this is what the fight of faith looks like, the testings of faith, the test of faith, and the release of glory. <laughs> yes, release of glory. We all are about the glory of the Lord. Show us your glory. Let us see your glory. And what he's saying back to us, I want to see my glorious reflection in you and through you. I want the world to see my glory through you, Desi. And that looks like the testing of my faith, which is more precious than gold. So that the glory of God be released through my life in a manner of life that is really demonstrative and a full expression of the very life of God. So let's go to where I, the, the, the title comes from, the verses, uh, 1 Timothy chapter, chapter 6, and it's really verse 12. But I want to actually... Read starting from verse 6 for a little bit of a context of what will be a major distraction to the fight of faith. And as we read, I'll point it out. 
But really, verse 12, let me just read verse 12 before I start with verse 6. Verse 12 is fight the good fight of faith. Fight, fight. We, we, we saw Peter talk about resisting the devil, steadfast in the faith. For me, that is a definition of what this looks like. It's subdue all in the name of Jesus. Bring every thought captive to the obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be conformed to the nature of Christ. This is what the fight of faith looks like to me. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, which is really the word of God. The word of God that brings forth a mind renewal, a transformation, a brand new living thought, a living hope. Laying hold on eternal life is not letting go of the word of God that you have hid in your heart. To which you are also called and have confessed the good confession that Jesus is Lord can I add? In the presence of many witnesses. So now let's start in verse 6. Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we, for we, you and I, brought nothing into this world, nothing. Naked we came from our mommy's womb. And it is certain, it is certain, it is certain we can carry nothing out. It is certain. So why labor in vain if it is certain you cannot, you cannot carry anything out? Again, keep, in, keep the focus of verse 12 about laying hold of eternal life. Because that's what's going to carry us into eternity. Not what you can, you can accumulate here on earth. And having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. We're thankful. We are thankful. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare. Those who run after money those that run after worldly fame, those that want a good reputation in the sight of men, those that want to have a renown in this world on Christendom, fame, reputation, pomp. <laughs> those who desire to be rich with everything that the world offers, Fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish, foolish and harmful lusts which draw, what? Which drown men in destruction and perdition. So the number one enemy to the fight of faith is the law and the, and the pull of the world. The riches that the world supposedly has and calls riches. Where God's concerned, that is nothing. It is foolishness. It comes to naught. You cannot take it out into eternal life. So why fret? Why worry about material possessions when you know your heavenly father knows you have need of those and he knows how to add it to you. And we know he gives us all things richly. For us to enjoy. We'll never lack anything. 
anything in Christ ever, never, ever, never. And so be a lavish distributor of the grace of God that he has bestowed upon you today. Be a glorious giver. Be a distributor of his goodness, of that which is bestowed on your life. Share with another. Side note. That was a side note. Because we don't want to be ensnared in foolish and harmful lusts that would draw us away into destruction and perdition. Verse 10, for the love of money, this is the root, this is the core of why so many run after the riches of the world. Really, it is the love of money that we can so, we can so hide and pretend and even give it some Christian terminology. God wants me rich, rich, so rich. So I have to give to others. And so therefore I'm going to go and I'm going to enrich myself in the world because God wants me rich. Well, God knows how to enrich you and he already has with every good thing that's found in Christ Jesus within you. Every gift will abound his glorious dominion on earth. Be it in your body, in your bank account, in your family, in your marriage. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Selfish ambition. Competitive spirit. To be seen by all. Evils that the love of money can put us in for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And so now comes verse 11. But you, O men of God, do you know that when you're born again, a Christian, you are now God's purchased possession. You're a man or a woman of God. You now belong to God. You have been purchased with the precious price of the blood of Christ. The imperishable word of, of the imperishable seed of the word of God has given you birth. So you can now be called a man or a woman of God. But you are man of God, or I can even say you woman of God, flee these things, flee this lower, lower Wealth accumulation is found in the world that is driven by the love of money. There's nothing wrong with God adding on that beauty and that provision. But when we start going after with greediness, we have strayed away from the faith. And so we're to flee these things and pursue what? Righteousness. Because he says, we come into this world with nothing and therefore nothing can we take out. And yet he says to us, pursue what? Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, Gentleness, are you putting, are you putting intentionality in pursuing these uh, that are really, they're found through the word of God, through a transformation into a godly character. 
a conformity to Christ that would take you into eternity. And while here on earth, the very glory of God would be demonstrated through you to another. That is the ultimate sharing you can do with another. It is a sharing of the goodness and the glory and the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then... Because of all the distractions to pursuing the things of God, pursuing the word of God, righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness, fight now. Fight the good fight of faith because there'll be great opposition to pursuing these character traits of God himself through a laying down of one's life. Through a renewing of one's mind that it can be so, so contented by your own, own carnal ways. You see, with God, there's only one way. <laughs> one way. There's not, you know, do all these 20 things in the world and once you have completed them and once you've achieved success on, on earth, now you can start thinking about God and eternity. No, no, no. Because this life is just like a wisp of air, a vapor. And though we are believing God, for full life. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Faith looks like a full expression of the love of God in one's vessel. A demonstration of living life with his life here on earth. That is hell to my bones. Marrow, health. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now the good fight of faith does not look like contending with your brethren over doctrine, by the way. If we go to verse 3 in the same chapter, now we can read from 3 to 5. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not cons consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, if, <laughs> if anyone teaches anything contrary to the word of God, Paul was saying to Timothy, to the doctrine which accords with godliness, this doctrine, this word of God accords with godliness and not worldliness. And so you and I are to lay hold, cleave unto, desire, pursue at all costs godliness that is found through the doctrine of the word of God. So he says, if anyone teaches anything contrary to the, to the words of, of the Lord Jesus Christ and the doctrine that accords with godliness, he is proud Fleshy, puffed up, he's proud, knowing nothing, knowing nothing the word of God says, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words that is not the good fight of faith. And so today you and I are not to be 
obsessed with disputes and arguments over words. I chuckle because that is such an easy snare to a lot of us. Arguing over the doctrine of the word of God. Arguing with the brother of what the word of God says. Well, the Holy Spirit is our instructor. He is our guide into all truth. And yes, we share from that which God has imparted. And when we hear something amiss, grace is given to us to bring forth the rightness of the word of God. But here it's clear, Paul tells Timothy, as a young pastor, <laughs> don't be obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, revilings, evil suspicions, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. Who suppose that godliness is a means of getting rich? What? Who suppose that godliness is the doctrine of the pure word of God that accords with godliness can make one what? A means of, of gain? That's why right afterwards he goes into a portion of the love of money. There's brought many, much destruction and snare in the body of Christ. He's talking about believers, not the world. Don't be greedy after filthy looker. How am I going to pay my mortgage? I've got to add the one, two, three, and oh, oh, number four is missing. So I've got to go and, 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 and go get it. At all costs, so much, so much we've seen in the body of Christ and from our own personal lives. We've been driven by the wrong desire. And so God is bringing forth, and what is my message? The fight of faith. God is bringing forth a mighty correction to all of us. To where is our sight? To what is our utmost desire? Because the only thing that walks with us in eternity is that which accords with godliness. Because what? The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. To which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And today we know that's not our portion. But if we go back to verse 5, that these strivings, it's not, not the fight of faith, it's the fight of the flesh. The, these useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and, and destitute of the truth, they're empty of truth, destitute of the truth, who suppose that godless is a means of gain from such withdraw yourself. <laughs> And some would say, well, you know, there should be no schisms in the body. Well, it's very clear right here, right now. From such, withdraw yourselves. That's not a schism. That's you being kept safe. Preserving your life lets you go. 
and drink of that deception of personal gain. But you, O man of God, flee these things. Back to 11. And pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. To which we're called and we have confessed. Let's go to Ephesians 2. All that. Verse 19, Ephesians 2, 19. Now, therefore, now that we are in Christ, in verse 18, that through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father, now that we are in Christ, that through the Holy Spirit we have access to the Father. Now, therefore, you're no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. And what, what looks good on us, because we are now fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, is that doctrine that accords with godliness. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Who is Jesus Christ himself? The word made flesh, the chief cornerstone for you and I. And that is what enriches us. And that is what is keeping us safe from every evil snail. And the word of God is what builds us up into an edifice for God that he'll tell us in, in, in verse 22. Being built up on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And I can assure you, anything in your life that is not built up on the word of God will be shaken away from you, lest you fall in a snare and lose your way and depart the faith and go into perdition. And you and I today will not go into perdition because we situate ourselves on the word of God. We are doers of the word of God. And as Matthew 7, let's go to Matthew 7, the very words of Jesus. Do we do the very words of Jesus? Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone right here, the chief cornerstone in Matthew 7, 24. Well, actually, the context of that is I never knew you. In verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, you and I today pursue gentleness. Pursue, pursue that which Paul told Timothy to pursue. Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. We fight the good fight of faith. We do the will of the Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name? Done many wonders in your name? What would Jesus respond to these? 
Miracle workers, demon caster altars, according to what they say. I'll declare to them, Jesus says, I never knew you. Huh? What? I never knew you. Depart from me. That is go away. The word means go away, withdraw. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Well, isn't that what Paul was telling Timothy? These wranglings of men of corrupt mind and destitute of truth. From such withdraw yourself. Lest we hear him tell us on that day. For it's appointed for men to die and then judgment. Depart from me. And I'm not, I'm not teaching like I am to, to be terrified of God. No, I want a life of sobriety that I am accountable to the living God. And the fight of faith is to lay hold of something that is being contended against all the time by my flesh. Number one, the world and wicked spirits. Doctrines of evil connivings and demons that want to infiltrate our minds and lull us into sleep in an hour when we are supposed to be awake, children of the light, to bring forth, to bring forth and declare the very glory of God. And that will not be done unless we are in the press of faith, in the fight of faith, undergoing the very testings of faith. As Father Abraham was tested, so is our faith being tested daily. Lest we pretend and, 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 and not be fully aware that the love of money has been driving us for a little while. And so if we back to, to Matthew 7, right after that, of Jesus telling them to withdraw themselves away from him, to go away from him. Those that practice lawlessness. That is iniquity, disobedience, sin, illegality, wickedness. Therefore, whoever hears these words, this is our check. Whoever hears these words of mine and does them, I'll liken them. Why am I reading this? I'm reading it in light of what Paul told the Ephesians, the glorious church. We read Ephesians as the epistle of the glorious church. Well, a glorious church is a church that walks circumspectly as a child of the light, imitating the firstborn son. Being fully conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. What we read in Ephesians 2.20, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And that's why I'm reading this back to Matthew 7. 24, therefore, whoever hears these words, these sayings of mine and does them, how liken him on a wise, to a wise man who built his house on the rock. When you and I build our house on the rock, which is the word of God, then our lives are built on this cornerstone. Do you see? 
the importance of knowing what you're standing on, the importance of knowing what your confidence is today. Who is your confidence? Whom do you trust? Whom do you rely? Your own ability to, to make it ahead in life of how good you are in making money for a rainy day because you have a real good retirement fund or not yet. Therefore, you got to strive, strive, strive and weigh yourself out for that rainy day when you turn 55 or 65. I don't know what the age is. Now. Oh, confusion. When we have a calling that is holy, that is according to godliness, not for personal gain, but a conformity, a transformation. And as we undergo this transformation, we will never lack. We'll always be in the right place. Creativity will always be given to us because that is the expression of the Holy Spirit and ease that we'll walk in life. A pure grace divine. And yes, diligence is required. Yes, there will be a calling to hard work, so to say, of being fa found faithful to that which he's given you. But it's as he leads you in this walk of Christ. Because verse 25 in Matthew 7, when the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. Because we are in a season where the rain is descending, where the floods are coming and the winds are blowing and are beating on the house. Why? Because it's a great shaking hour. Glory be to God. Because that which will be shaken will be, may be shaken will be shaken. Because only the firm foundation of the word of God stands forever and endures to the very end. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine does not and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Yeah, foolish is not what Paul told Timothy. They were ensnared by foolish things, foolishness, no wisdom. In First Timothy six, keep saying in Matthew seven, I'm not there, but just what we read in First Timothy six, there nine. Those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men into in destruction and perdition. The love of money, and that's why. That's why Jesus says he can't serve two masters. God and mammon. Only two masters. He can't serve them both. Choosing this day whom you serve, like Joshua told the congregation of the Israelites. But as for me in my household, Joshua said, we serve the living God. We bow the knee to the lead of the Holy Spirit. We stand firm on the word of God. Lest we fool ourselves. Be foolish people that built our house on the sand. Pretense. Pretense. I look pretty on the outside. But dead bones inside. 
and the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Great was its fall. How sad. That was not God's desire for them. Let's go to Hebrews 12. Maliki Abba. Stay the course today. Stay the course of the word. Don't give up. Doesn't matter how it looks like, how it feels. Do not cave into the external pressure. Stay the course of the word of God. God has rescued your life from hell itself. Stay the course. Be found faithful to his words. Hebrews 12, 25. We've read this before. We'll keep reading it. This is the hour of it right now. See that you do not refuse him who speaks, the Holy Spirit tells us. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, the Israelites of old, much more shall we not escape. For yeah, because we saw something great was their fall. Pretense does not work. Pretending I'm hearing God when I know I'm not. And so does God know I'm not. Trying to fool five people. My little local congregation. Oh, no. We live life to please God. We live life before God. We live life before God. Live life cognizant that you live life before God. He knows you. He knows you. Like the little sparrows, the little birdies. He knows you. You're not going to fall in it when you're in his care. Keep standing on the word. Keep standing on the word. Doesn't matter what so-and-so does, doesn't do. Doesn't matter. You and I will be found standing on the word of God. We'll heed his voice. We'll heed his voice and we'll do accordingly. We'll keep undergoing transformation from glory to glory. Because we're gonna, not going to refuse the one that speaks. Because they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth. How much more shall we escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven? Whose voice then shook the earth. But now, but now, right now, he has promised saying yet once more, yet once more I shake not only the earth but also heaven. Now, this yet once more indicates the removal of the things, of those things that are being shaken. <laughs> now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Every wrong foundation that we might be standing on will be shaken out from under our feet lest we go and be, be caught in that murray clay and go by the way of the dissipation. This is the purpose of the hour and it's for the glory of God to be released through the body of Christ. Therefore, since we're receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace. Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably. How? How? Foolishly? No. With reverence and godly fear. 
the doctrine that accords with godliness to be found on the only solid foundation, that cornerstone, the Lord Jesus Christ, for our God is a consuming fire. I didn't finish Ephesians. Let's go back to Ephesians. I'm going to go to Haggai to reference this, this moment of what Hebrews is talking about because what Hebrews 12 is talking about is really the release of the glory of God on earth through the body of Christ for the kingdom of God to be seen. And so if we go back to Ephesians chapter 2 and we finish that verse, those, I think it's one or two, yeah, two verses remaining about being built up. Verse 20, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit, in whom also you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Isn't that what the writer of Hebrews says? In verse 27, now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made that, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain because we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. This is the very dwelling place of God that we are becoming in the spirit. <laughs> Let's go to Haggai. Haggai. If we go back at the end of the New Testament, I think it's the third book in. I looked it up this morning. So you have the last book, Malachi, and then you have Zechariah, and then Haggai from back forward. Haggai, chapter 2. Regarding the coming glory of God's house, the coming glory of God's house, whose house we are, if we continue in Him. Mali Tarabata Isata. I just looked here at, to Zerubbabel, the Lord speaking, Haggai speaking to him in verse. Verse 4, yet now, sorry, chapter 2, chapter 2, verse 4, Haggai chapter 2, verse 4. Yet now be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord, and be strong, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and be strong, all you people of the land. Be strong today. All you people of the land, says the Lord, and work, for I am with you. Work for I am with you. That's, that's the service. Be acceptable before God. To serve God acceptably. With reverence and godly fear. He says, work for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. And so if we go to... Mm -mm -mm. Okay, let's go verse 6. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, 
the same words, right? Once more, it is a little while. I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land. And I will shake all nations. All nations are being shook up as leaves in the wind. They're being shook up by God. Don't look at natural circumstance, try to discern a spiritual purpose. Know the spiritual purpose so that you, you have discernment when trouble hits your land to know how to stand in the hour solely on the word of God. Solely on the word of God. Great shaking of all nations right now. I'll shake all nations and they shall come to the desire of all nations and I'll fill this temple with glory. And I'll fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine. The gold is mine. Why worry about money? All of it is God's. The cattle on a thousand hills. He knows how to lavishly look after you. That's not you care to care for. You care is that you be found standing on the solid foundation of the word. Be found in faith today. I'll shake all the nations. They shall come to desire all nations. And I'll fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple, you and I right now, shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, and in this place, I'll give peace, says the Lord of hosts. Live over to Verse 20, and again, the word of the Lord came to Haggai on the 24th day of the month, saying, the 24th day of the month, say to it, the 25th, haha, <laughs> on the 24th day of the month, saying, speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I'll shake heaven and earth, I'll shake heaven and earth. I'll overthrow the throne of kingdoms. This is what's going on right now. I'll destroy the strength of the Gentile kingdoms. I'll overthrow the chariots and those who ride in them. The horses and their riders shall come down. Everyone by the sword of his brother. In that day, says the Lord of hosts, I'll take you, Zerubbabel, my servant. The son of Shealtiel, aren't we his servant? Aren't we his children? Aren't we the body of Christ right now? Says the Lord. And I'll make you a signet ring, for I have chosen you, says the Lord of hosts. For I have chosen you, says the Lord of hosts. The body of Christ is the dominion signature of God on earth. The body of Christ is the signet ring of God here on earth. What we allow is allowed in heaven. What we bind on earth is bound in heaven. And so today be found standing. And the way this stands is formed is through this fight of faith. I haven't even touched into that moment fully yet but it's the beginning of a grand teaching that I believe let's just pick one verse here okay uh, we looked at this one last week so let's go back there in 2nd Corinthians 4.16 therefore we do not lose heart even though our 
outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Why? Because we're being built up into a dwelling place of God. Undergoing a mighty transformation that is causing a, a death to your outer man. So don't lose heart because you're feeling some things. No, rejoice because great your salvation and there is a purpose so that you inward men be renewed day by day as you stand on the word of God. For our light affliction, light affliction, which is but for a moment is working for us. This fight of faith that we're finding ourselves, this press of faith that we're in right now, it is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. The very glory of God to be demonstrated through us, the church. The latter temple, the body of Christ, that in the middle of the shaking of nations, His glory is coming through the desire of all nations. He Himself, the only true King, the soon coming King. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And so today, today, going back to what he said to us, Paul to Timothy, because the things which are not seen are eternal. It is those qualities that he told his son, spiritual son Timothy to pursue. But you, O man of God, flee these things. Flee the low realm of temptation and opposition and strivings. Fending for your own little self. Pursue righteousness and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. These are eternal. They'll never pass away. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Be found standing to the very end and we'll continue next Sunday again. Glory be to God. We're done. Done, done, done. Yay for today.